Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, hello, church, and welcome to week three of our Love in Lockdown series. First things first, I need to apologize, singles, if you thought this was a dating series where you're going to find love in lockdown, my deepest condolences to you. Pastor Benaira and Pastor Charlie shared part one and two of this series. We're going to do a little recap, and then I'm going to get us into week three Part one, I have a part two of this message. We might play it next week. It might be a little bit later. I might have to preach it in person, but we will get to it. But Pastor and I kicked us off on week one around loving God and around specifically when isolation uh, becomes intimacy. Uh, a few things that he pointed out to us is that when we let isolation turn to intimacy, we know, show and grow. Um, we know our calling better. Secondly, uh, it shows us our capacity, intimacy, and getting closer to God. And then thirdly, we grow in our walk. And we looked at a whole bunch of different biblical characters that through isolation or wilderness seasons became mighty, became strong, and became powerful. So if you missed that, head back, get part one. And part two, last week, Pastor Charlie shared around when Christians are kind, that the church should be a place that is known for her kindness. So really part one was about loving God. Part two was about um, loving others. And her points last week um, kind of brought our attention to how we show kindness shows who we're following, who we are, who we cover, and who we're reaching. And gave us kind of practical challenges to give, pray, and say, to do something uh, in the last week, hopefully to show love and show kindness to those around us. It's been a good series so far. I'm excited to get into part three with you. So last week and the week before, hopefully help lay a foundation of why loving God and loving people is really important. I can't wait to be together in person soon. If you miss each other, why don't you write in the chat right now as I take a delicious sip. Are you excited to be together again soon? Yes, hopefully. So, Pastor Benaya shared a couple of years ago around a message called Loving Yourself. Um, if you need that, go look it up on our podcast, find that message, because I'm taking it from a slightly different angle this morning. I have a question for you, and the question is this, have you ever lost your mind? Maybe you didn't go absolutely crazy, but... Maybe, have you ever found yourself at rock bottom? Have you ever um, acted in a way that maybe didn't line up with the person that you really are? Maybe um, <laughs> you've made mistakes, you've made decisions in seasons where you just couldn't think. Maybe you've avoided people, avoided things, avoided situations because your mind doesn't feel clear. It feels like maybe it's a little bit lost and you've kind of lost it um, just a tiny Bit. Maybe tragedy can have that, make that happen. Maybe pain can put us in those kind of states. 
maybe the gears in our head that feel like they're normally working are a little bit slipping and you kind of feel like you've lost your way a little bit. When that happens, there's heaps of things you can do. Mainly as humans, we seem to go on like a dopamine hunt and we look for anything that's going to make us feel a little bit better. And that's where addictions can form, whether they be alcohol, drugs, they can be pornography, it can be the pursuit of just the sugariest food. We find these things are going to make us feel better in moments that it feels like maybe we've lost our mind or lost our way a little bit. And I think when we find ourselves um, overwhelmed uh, in circumstances that feel overwhelming, we should um, be careful that we make decisions that the future us is going to look back on and be proud of. So whether you've felt a little bit lost before, maybe a lot lost, maybe this season is very difficult for you and you just maybe don't feel like your usual self, my prayer is that today's message will help you. So I want to give us kind of a two-part semi-mini-series inside of our series, and the sermon title is this, When You Are Losing Your Mind. My goal is to help us to slow down, to make some choices that we'll be proud of. Um, And as our world continues to maybe be plagued, by division and argument and debilitating mental health, I think what the church needs to do is be slow to speak, stay calm, and maybe let our minds be renewed. So let me pray for us this morning. We'll get into this thing. I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I'm playing with my nails because I'm so excited. So let me pray for us this morning. God, I thank you for the honor it is to know you and to walk with you. I pray as we come around two simple thoughts this morning, that we would be healthy in our thinking. I pray for anyone right now that is struggling in their thinking, struggling in their mind. I pray that you would meet them where they're at this morning, that they would be transformed, that they would be equipped to do something in the season that they find themselves in. We just pray, God, that we would use this season to draw closer to you and uh, change our situation and reach people that are far from you. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. My job um, as a pastor is often to put out fires. Um, It's sometimes difficult, it's sometimes tiring, it's sometimes overwhelming, but it is very uh, fulfilling and it is very valuable to people when you can be there for the moments that they are hitting rock bottom. Maybe it's a moment of family tragedy or a health scare or disappointment or discouragement. They're really just moments where we kind of lose our way a little bit or maybe lose our mind a little bit. And I think through that journey of helping people and losing my own mind multiple times, um, I can help us today maybe give us just two practical things this week and two practical things another week that I think are going to help you to love yourself well and to maybe get your mind a little bit closer to who it's called to be and what it's called to be a little bit renewed. So I want to give you two things this morning. Part one, uh, sorry, point number one is this. When we find ourselves losing our mind, we should reach out. You aren't alone unless you want to be. We all have the option to maybe stay silent and to wrestle with our thought a little bit too long when there is the option to reach out. Galatians 6 verse 2 tells us in the NIV, it says, carry each other's burdens and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Isn't it amazing? It doesn't say you fulfill the law of Christ by preaching a message or believing a certain thing, but when we carry each other's burdens, we fulfill the law of Christ. 
In the message um, paraphrase, the verse before and the verse below um, read like this. It says, live creatively. Let's pause. Let's stop on the word creative. Um, Creativity is shown when there are boundaries, when there are limitations, when it is difficult. It's maybe in a season where there's restrictions and things are a little bit different. Your creativity isn't shown when you have all of the resources. Your creativity is often shown when you have few resources. It's when you boil an egg in a kettle. It is when you use whatever you possibly have um, to do something. It's when we have to reimagine how we're doing Sunday services right now so that the gospel can be preached, you can be equipped, we can still somehow be together. That's about being um, creative. And if we look um, at the Bible, there's so many characters again and again that seems to be the underdog, but works inside of a system and really works the system to do something. So can I encourage you before we get into the rest of this verse, Live creatively. Don't try and just fix and change everything around you, but work out how to use what is in your hand to achieve what God has placed in your heart. So it says, live creatively, friends. If someone falls into sin, forgivingly restore him, saving your critical comments for yourself. That'll preach. You might be needing forgiveness before the day is out. Stoop down and reach out to those who are oppressed. Share their burdens and so complete Christ's law. If you think you are too good for that, you are badly deceived. So the first thing I want to encourage us with is we should be reaching out. Every time that you call out, you are a little less alone. Every time that maybe you're struggling in your mind and you're thinking and you reach out for help, You are a little less alone in that battle, in that wilderness. And we're called, we are challenged here in Galatians to carry each other's burdens, to share the load of what we were each going through. So I want to encourage you, reach out. Maybe it's you phone a friend, like who wants to be a millionaire or whatever that show is called these days. They, they changed it. It used to be like you could phone a friend, you could ask the audience. I think they cancelled that. Maybe that's just a truth for you this morning. Phone a friend, don't ask the audience. Don't go to everyone in every situation and get everyone's opinion. Phone a friend, reach out, get some help. Maybe enjoy the benefits of the mentor. Like if you've built a relationship with a mentor, lean into that, reach out and be like, can you remind me who I am? Can you remind me of what I'm called to be? Maybe if your thinking is really uh, stuck and you find yourself grinding gears and there's been situations that have completely overwhelmed you, maybe you should be reaching out and connecting with a good professional. Go talk to someone that is trained, that can help you, maybe change a thought process, maybe forgive, maybe move through some things. So whether it's reaching out to a friend, whether it's enjoying the benefits of mentorship or whether it's connecting with a professional, we should reach out. In that, I want to encourage you, don't lose um, the intentionality and, I guess, discipline of using your words well in that. I often find that when I am struggling in my thinking or have helped people that are perhaps losing their mind a little bit, our words can become loose. We can forget the truth of God. Reach out, ask for help, state your situation, but also state what God says. Remind yourself as you speak to be someone that is disciplined in what you are saying. It says in Proverbs 21 verse 23 that those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. 
when we guard our mouth, when we guard our tongue, we keep ourselves from maybe entering things that are quite uh, difficult, that are a bit crazy. And last scripture I want to share before we get to point number two. James 1 verse 26 says, Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Religion that our God, Father, accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after the orphan and the widow in their distress. Normally we stop there, but the verse does continue and it says, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. When we reach out, let's remember who we are. Let's keep on speaking truth. We don't need to do it alone, but let's be careful of how we talk about our struggle. Don't let your giant be too much bigger than your God because your giant is not bigger than your God. Be careful in how you're using your words. So my tip for us on point number one is when you find yourself losing your mind, reach out because every time you call out, you're a little less alone. That's number one. Number two is this, to reach in. Number one, reach out. Number two, which is our final point, is to reach in. It says in 1 Samuel 16 verse 7, we've heard this scripture probably many times, but I'm going to maybe apply it in a different way this morning that maybe you've never thought of before. It says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. Some translations say people look at the face. But then it says, but the Lord looks at the heart. We're encouraged here in this scripture to not look at what everyone else looks at, but to instead to look at the heart and what God looks at. But when it comes to ourselves, we often don't do that. What we do to ourselves even is somehow step outside of who we are and what God sees and we look at our latest mistake, we look at our latest disappointment and we judge ourselves by that rather than looking at what God looks at. And we need to maybe encourage ourselves to look at our own hearts when we are struggling. In other words, to be a little bit more gracious, maybe to acknowledge sometimes that, yeah, perhaps I missed the mark, but I am chosen, I am called, this is who I am in God. We're often encouraged by Pastor Benaiah to see each other for who we are in the kingdom. Let me encourage us this morning to see yourself for who you are in the kingdom. And when it feels like you're losing your way, perhaps you're losing your mind to stop and to reach in and remember who you are in God. We're encouraged, actually we're challenged in Romans 7 verse 18. Paul is kind of saying this thought that I have desires to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. It's this kind of feeling that I know in me God wants, I, I know I want to make the right decision, but I often find myself falling into sin because it's just somehow a default of me, Romans is kind of describing. I want to talk for a second about a study that happened in Princeton University a few years ago. It was by two psychologists, one called John Darcy, one called Daniel Batson. And what it was is these two psychologists did a little social experiment. They got some people that were studying theology um, through Princeton, through the Princeton Theology Seminar, uh, Seminary. And what they did is they got these people, it was called the Good Samaritan Experiment. 
And what they did is they got a whole bunch of different people that were studying theology, studying to one day be priests and pastors and ministers. And they got them all together and they did three things. The first thing they did is they said, what I want you to do is I want you to prepare a talk that I'm going to ask you to go and share in another building on campus uh, later on today. So you need to prepare this talk to move people around these specific themes. The second thing that they did is they gave uh, different themes to different people. They gave some people straight up like Good Samaritan. Other people they gave like um, what is the benefit of ministers and people inside of the church, like leaders leading, leading the church and helping the community of faith and building up Christians. And then the third thing that they did is when they sent them out, is they had someone along the path that they were going to take that was in a Good Samaritan situation. If you don't know the Good Samaritan story, in Luke it outlines a scenario where someone is robbed and beaten and left for dead and three people walk past, a priest, a Levite and a Samaritan. And a Samaritan at the time was someone that was looked down upon. They were someone that wasn't too great, not too fancy, nothing like a priest or a Levite, these people that should have known God. And the Levite and the priest both saw the need but crossed on the road on the other side. But the story tells us that the Good Samaritan stopped, helped them, helped with their wounds, put them into some care, looked after them, paid for all the medical expenses and cared for them. So this scenario where they're going to maybe preach a message, they're met with this moment to maybe apply the message they're about to share. And the reason why they did this study was to try and work out not who did the best sermon or who had the best characteristics uh, of being a minister, but who would actually stop and help. And they did this questionnaire right before. They asked questions like, why have you applied to do theology? What do you want to do? What is the reason? Is it for personal growth? Is it to help people? Is it a spiritual reason? They did this whole questionnaire and then they sent them out. And the very last thing that they did as a test was right before they left with the two different groups of people, all different reasons, all different explanations, Good Samaritan, all kind of split up and mixed but separated. To one group, they said this phrase, uh, they said, right before they're about to leave, oh, you're late, we better get a move on. So they got these one group of people to be like, oh my gosh, I'm running late. And what they did to the other group is, it'll be a few minutes before they're ready, but you might as well head over now. Now, you would think that the people maybe that had the best motives, the people that maybe studied the Good Samaritan Scripture over other things, maybe the ones that had the best motive for starting out in ministry would be the ones that would stop and help this person that was in need. They were in an alley, they were coughing, it looked like they were groaning, there was a situation that was ne- they were in need. But what actually happened was not that. In fact, people that were about to go preach uh, about the Good Samaritan would actually physically, several times they said in the study, they would step over the person that was in need because they were in a hurry. The only indicator that they found that separated all of these people and was kind of like a common thing from the study was this, that those that were in a hurry were only 10% likely to stop But those that weren't rushed had a 63% chance that they would stop and help the person in need. And the interesting thing that we can pick out of this study is not just that, um, I don't know, people that study theology are mean, um, but even though it kind of 
kind of lights a little bit of hypocrisy here, maybe a little bit of Pharisee in the people in the study and probably ultimately in all of us. What the study suggests is that there are external issues that play a significant part uh, in whether we do good or don't do good. Whether we fail in a situation that we maybe should have shown kindness. It wasn't the motive, it wasn't the heart, it wasn't you know, the background, it wasn't even what they had prepared in their sermon. It simply came down to a tiny little factor of they were in a rush or they weren't in a rush. It didn't really reveal their character, it didn't really make them a good group or a bad group and intrinsically bad and intrinsically good because they were in a rush, but it revealed how little external circumstances can maybe change our actions and what we do. So what does that mean for us? It means this, we need to show ourselves a little bit of grace. That maybe when we fall, maybe when we feel overwhelmed, when we feel shamed because we've made mistakes, maybe we're disappointed and we let it take hold of us. When we forget who we really are and we become preoccupied on our latest weakness, our latest mistake. The interesting, one of the interesting things that I kind of like see in this study is that they could have gone at the end of this thing and asked, you know, should you stay in seminary? Should you keep on studying? Should you keep on pursuing theology? And they probably would have got, it's probably a whole different study, but would have got a whole bunch of different responses. And what I want to encourage us in when it comes to reaching in is even when an external situation makes us stumble, even when there's a little context that maybe makes us question, am I a good person? Am I a bad person? Have I lost my mind? Is this not great? Am I not good at loving God and loving people? That we should show ourselves a little bit of grace because it's kind of funny that just a few words, oh my gosh, you're late can alter these people that were pretty committed to helping and loving people. They just wrote a message on it. They were ready to go. But this little situation on the outside was maybe the thing that they should work on rather than I'm a horrible person. And I find when I'm helping people that have lost their mind, they need to stop and reach inward and remember who they actually are in God, not just their latest mistake. I hope that encourages you this morning. I hope that if you find yourself preoccupied with what you have done and where you have fallen over, you can stop and remember, okay, maybe that's not everything that I am. Maybe I'm something else in God. Maybe I'm a son. Maybe I'm a daughter of God. Maybe I'm more than a conqueror. Maybe um, I'm saved and renewed and forgiven and loved and valued and worthy rather than I fell over. Oh my gosh, I've lost my mind or my situation externally seems crazy. Those things can maybe make us stumble and fall along the way, but let's remember who we are in the kingdom. Isn't it? I, I just like that study. I think it's cool that it wasn't anything else. It was just a really simple thing that can make us fall. And it's a good reminder for me that when I fall, it's maybe not I'm horrible or everything's over. I'm going to, this is going to happen, but just, okay, I can learn from that. Maybe I can be in a little bit less of a rush and remember who I'm called to be. So my tip this morning on point number two is when you find yourself losing your mind, reach in and remember who you are in the kingdom. So whether you find yourself losing your mind because of lockdown, you find yourself losing your mind because of jobs or family or health or disappointment, or maybe your connect group or your ministry isn't where you thought it should be, maybe 
you've, you've found yourself on addictions, all of these different things of losing your mind, I want to encourage you this morning, stop. <laughs> Pause. Give yourself a little bit of room. Reach out for help and also reach inwards and remember who you are. So the big idea this morning and our recap is simply this. When you're losing your mind, number one, reach out for help. And number two, reach in past what man sees, past what you see naturally and see what God sees on the inside of you. This morning uh, at Connects, at Zoom, the courtyard afterwards maybe, I want you to take a moment, or maybe it's when all of that noise has stopped and it's just you and God by yourself. I want you to maybe have a little measure of how you're doing when it comes to reaching out and reaching in. How good your quality is in those two areas, whether it's something you are not great at and should improve on pretty quickly, or it's something you're doing great in and it's probably one of the reasons why your mind is staying kind of sane. Think, who was the last person that I reached out to? How did I reach out? Was it a friend? Was it a mentor? Was it a professional? Am I moving forward and getting better? And then how well each day, moment by moment, do I stop and reach in and remember who I am in God. Remember what he's already placed there, what he's already conquered, who he is on the inside of me, and therefore who I am. So that is what I want to encourage you with this morning. I can't wait to share part two of this. Maybe it's next week. Stay tuned. We'll see. But I want to keep on going maybe a little bit deeper on these things and share a couple of stories. But let me pray for us this morning, and then you can go off. Maybe come hang out in the courtyard. Zoom link is somewhere. I'm just going to keep on pumping the courtyard because it's the best. Cross-generational, bring a coffee, going to be good. We'll talk about the message. We'll talk about our weeks. Let me pray for us this morning. God, I thank you that you love us. We pray in this season of lockdown that we would lean into your love. I pray for people that feel isolated. I pray that that would turn to intimacy. I pray that your church would be kind. And I pray that when we're losing our mind, that we would stop. We would pause, we would maybe close our mouth for a second to think and to ponder upon who we are in you and then reach out for help for those around us. I thank you, God, that we are not alone. You've placed us inside of a family, that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. We have uncles and aunties. We have people to help that are younger than us and people to be mentored above us. And I just ask God, help us to reach out. Help us to be bold and courageous. We don't need to fight these things alone. And lastly, God, I just pray for anyone in their mind that finds themselves in storm after storm. I pray, God, that you would give them peace. I pray even right now there would be a supernatural peace that maybe things that have been spiraling in their thinking, circling around, not being able to solve, feel a little bit lost and a little bit stuck. I pray that you would bring them peace. That as they reach out and get that help, that they would be able to outgrow the chains that are holding them right now. Help us. May this be an amazing week. May you bless your church and may you keep on doing what only you can do. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Well, church, thank you for being with us this morning. We'll see you soon somewhere and we'll be back together very soon. We can't wait to see you in the flesh. Have an awesome week. Peace from Joel to you. Okay, bye. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.